It's the boy, Bubba, let's come in through Ella Clutch, flawless, can't be touched It's your boy, Bubba, let's Yeah, I need that hot take I need the truth and everything that is not fake So tell me who's the GOAT, I'll tell you who's not great And which team always make you go right way Yeah Hello and welcome to another episode of the Bubble Sports Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, yours truly, Bubble and this is episode 125 of the podcast, The Cowboys Roundup of the Week. Uh, if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcast, make sure to follow the podcast. And uh, if you're on YouTube, well, you get a little special treat while you're at it. Um, make sure to subscribe to the channel and uh, ring that bell for alerts and notifications. For those of you watching... That little distracting thing on my table, that's a candle. I found it last night under my bed, so I, I think it'd be nice to have it on the podcast. It looks cool on the recording, but uh, it kind of sets the mood, you know? The frosted fur. I like nature, like smells, forest smells, so that's why I got it. can't really smell it. I don't smell a lot. Like right now, I just don't smell like anything, you know? Maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. But it it looks cool. You know, get a little, little in the mood. A little soothing. You like jazz? All right. All right. Cowboys. Cowboys. Let's focus, people. Focus up. Not a lot to talk about. So this is probably going to be a shorter episode. I always say that, and that's never true. But this time, I promise you, it's going to be shorter than usual. I, I'm going to leave it at that. Because there's not a lot of moves to, to talk about, but they are intriguing. And the second one, most importantly, it, I'm very excited to talk about it. The first one, it, it's, it, it still needs a lot, more, a lot more information to it, and I don't feel like we have all the details about it. But the Cowboys sign former Los Angeles Rams kicker Greg Zerline. Now... A week ago, from when they signed Greg, they also signed Kai Forbath. And Kai Forbath was the more obvious pick and and the more common sense pick because he's already been with the Cowboys for over half a season. He took over for, we're not going to say his name on this podcast, we're not saying his name, the other Cowboys kicker from 2019. Took over for him, Kai Forbath, love the man. Went 10 for 10. Didn't miss a field goal as a Cowboys kicker. That man was clutch. He was only one of the only consistent players in that second part of the season. I love this guy. He's been working hard all offseason. I've seen the videos. He's kicking like 65 yarders. I, I th- Maybe seen like a 70 yarder. Maybe wrong on that. But this dude's putting in the work. I love him. Looks good in a Cowboys uniform. It made sense that they need a kicker. There's some good free agent kickers. In the market, Dan Bailey was one of them. I thought that was going to be the move. And then you have Greg Zerline. The Kai, the Kai Forbat signing, which was for about a year. It, It's kind of interesting. I need to look at the details of the contract. I should have done this before. Um, but, you know, we're just going to roll with the punches. See what I did there? See what I did there? Is this, is this from... I always hate Googling it because they show you the contract... But they sh- they sometimes show like the old one. Okay, this is it. Yeah, one year, one point two million dollars. Let's just say, 
Not a lot of signing bonus. Jesus, they got him for cheap. But it's only one year. That's the interesting part, though. Is that this man has been in the league for seven years. Seven years. 32 years old. I mean, he's still got some time. Right? Now, do we have the details of Greg Zerline? I don't know. I don't know, man. NFL Network's Mike Garofolo. I hope I'm saying that name right. Reports Dallas signs Zerline to a three-year deal worth $7.5 million. So this is where I get a little confused, though. Is that the the Cowboys had the opportunity to sign Zerline before signing Kai Forbath. He was already free agent. But they decided to go with Kai Forbath for a one-year deal. Now, when they signed him for a one-year deal, before the Greg stuff happened, I was like... All right, give him a full season to prove it. And if he does prove it, if he goes not 10 for 10 or perfect on field goals, you know, if if he makes 80 to 90% of them, anything above that, that's Dan Bailey numbers. Cowboys love that. They'll sign him to a bigger deal. And they'll sign him for like two or three years. And that That's what I assumed was going to happen when they signed Kai Forbath. Because they've had good luck with Kai Forbath already. He's experienced. He knows his way around the league. He's been with some really good teams. He can be a consistent player for the Dallas Cowboys, especially at that position, which they need. They need because they're they're heavy on, on field goals. And then they sign Greg. And just alone, just the idea of signing him, your first instinct is to say there's a competition here. But why should there be a competition when both guys are good? Is that, is that maybe the issue that the Cowboys had with with uh, Dan Bailey? And I just realized that my stream, or like the stream in the background was uh, playing. I apologize for the sound. Um, but with Dan Bailey and and the other Cowboys kicker, God, can we make an exception? I, I can't just say the other Cowboys kicker because some people won't know. Brett Maher. We'll just call him, we'll call him Brett. Never, never going to f- full name him. He doesn't deserve it. With Brett and Dan Bailey, they kind of jumped the gun on replacing Dan Bailey with Brett. And they just gave Brett all the money in the world, which was ridiculous. I didn't think... I knew that Dan Bailey's time in Dallas and in, in the NFL was coming to an end. That man was getting a little bit higher up in age. Yet... What what he's done what he's done in Minnesota has proven otherwise, and it, yes, it, it was probably time to move on from from Dan Bailey, and Brett had the the luckiest I mean the luckiest time of his career when he was making field goals and Dan Bailey wasn't, and that transition period was perfect timing for Brett, and they gave him the money, they gave him the contract, they gave him the starting job, but they jumped the gun on that. And after that, they did not reap the benefits. Brett was one of the worst kickers in the NFL. And personally, I think one the, the worst kicker in the NFL in the 2019 season. He was awful. I mean, awful. I would take an Adam Benetieri. And Adam, if you know the 2019 season, the first half of that season, Adam was not having a good year. But he, he bounced back. Brett did not. So he lost his job. That's where Kai Forbath comes in. So... I'm thinking that Greg and Kai, being both signed, will add some competition to this. The obvious starter is Greg Zerline. Greg Zerline has been one of the most consistent 
guys in the NFL. He did have the groin injury from the last few years, and that has taken a toll on his accuracy. But overall, though, he is a phenomenal kicker, and that man can kick far. No matter where it is on the field, the Rams could consistently say, we have a kicker, and that was Greg Zerline. I had him on my fantasy team. I, I'm a big fan of Greg. I love him. I think he's a really great kicker. I also like Kai, though, and I think he has the momentum right now. I was also thinking, like, hey, what if you give Greg one year off? You still pay him. You're still going to pay him a lot. You pay him. Let him rest this season. Let him regain that confidence of, like, hey, my groin's good. My legs are good. I finally feel healthy 100%. Kai gets that year to basically play for a contract somewhere else. So if he if Kai plays well, that's a win-win for Kai. That's a win for the Cowboys because they get a consistent kicker. He becomes a consistent kicker. He already is, but he'll get that consistent player kicker persona. That way, when he goes to, let's say, another team that needs a kicker, you know, um, what if the Rams don't find one? What if, you know, the, the Bucks need one? What if... I don't know. What if the Chicago Bears don't like Pinero? They they need a kicker. All these factors come into play. You never know with with kickers. It's it's a tough game to play. And you're just you're just gonna play with the cards that you're dealt with. You gotta know when to hold them. You gotta know when to fold them. You know when to walk away. And that applies to kickers, right? So Kai plays for a contract somewhere else. And then when Kai leaves, you still got two years with Greg. He's healthy. He's ready to go. Boom, you got yourself one of the best kickers in the NFL. Well, that's good for two years, and then see what happens from there. By then, you probably sign him to another deal, because he hasn't been in the league that long. He has some good experience, but you can have him for another couple years after this contract. And it's smooth sailing from there. You get your next Dan Bailey. Now, this does make sense, and that's that's where I think, I think that's where that goes. I may be completely wrong. I think it is more of a possibility that it's a competition at the end of the day rather than Kai starting and then Greg uh, resting for a year and then playing the next two seasons. But this does make sense as to why the Cowboys signed him. Because you got to think, who's the, ne- who's the new special teams coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys? It's John Fossil. My man, Mr. Fossil. Bones. Love that man. He is going to do great things with the special teams. The Cowboys are actually going to have a special teams unit, which is a godsend because they were the worst in the NFL at every aspect of special teams last year. I mean, with Brett, with inconsistency on, on the punt team, on the kickoff team, the field position was horrible for the Dallas Cowboys. They started at their own 25 almost every single time. They had no kick returner. They didn't know who their kick returner was. Like they they just did not know what they were doing and then there's a lot of penalties, there's a lot of of stupid mistakes on the kickoff team, on the punt return team. How many times do the Cowboys get holding on a kickoff return or a punt return? I I I lose count. I, it's got to be over 50. Over 16 games, I can tell you they had more than one holding call in every game. 
And they had multiple in a lot of those games. They 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 were just they were lazy with it. And and Keith O'Quinn was a horrible coordinator. I don't know how that man had a job for so many years. The man got paid to do nothing. He got paid to absolutely do nothing. And I forget the game that it was where the Cowboys lost, but they still had a chance to win. Um, God, man, what was that game? What was that game? It was the game where Tavon Austin was told to to fair catch it with less than a minute to go in the fourth quarter. Cowboys were down. He was told from the very beginning, just fair catch it. And he had about 15 to 20 yards of open field to work with that would have given Dak way more uh, chances to get a touchdown or get some points. I think they needed a touchdown. And Tavon Austin being a, a huge threat in special teams, you look at his film from college, the dude is built for special teams. He's a threat that you want on your team. And that's what the Rams did with him. And that's what the Cowboys should have done with him. They just didn't know how to use him. And that game specifically really, really opened the eyes of Jerry Jones, Jason Garrett, that like, hey, our special teams is awful. Now, Jason Garrett, was oblivious to everything, Jerry Jones oblivious to everything, was three years too late, four years too late on Keith O'Quinn. And then finally, Mike McCarthy comes in, godsend himself, the, the, the demigod himself, says, oh, they have no special teams. They are one of the worst. And the analytics show, numbers don't lie. Special teams is one of the most important parts to, to a game, to a season, to a team. And that's going to be on my next unpopular opinion. Special teams is the most important part. A lot of people will say, who's the offense? Sick and tired of these TikTok people. Right, so Mike McCarthy brings in John's fossil, who is highly regarded as one of the greatest teachers in the NFL. I love the guy. I, I watched uh, some highlights, if you can say that, on a coach, but um, kind of like short film, short documentaries on John Fossil in his time with the uh, with the Los Angeles Rams. Sean McVay praises him. The teammates praise him. He has that relationship with Tavon Austin already. Awesome. And now you have that relationship with Greg Zerline. Perfect. You know, when Greg Zerline entered the league with the Rams, instantly he became one of the best kickers in the NFL. And who was his coach at the time? Greg Zerline or uh, John Fossil. Perfect. So that's where that relationship, and I think that's where Mike McCarthy made the move. Um, do I think it's the best move? I don't think so because you had a really good kicker already. But I'm not going to complain with getting an even better kicker in Greg Zerline. I was taking a sip of water for you people that are listening. I'm uh, talking a little little, uh, a little too much here. You know, it's kind of hard doing a podcast. Um, yeah, I, I just, I'm kind of interested to see how it goes, man, in training camp. Because I don't think anyone's answered that question. I haven't heard anyone speak out or put out a statement on what's the reasoning behind signing both guys and what do you do now? It, it makes sense to start Zerline because he's the better kicker, but long-term, don't you, don't you think that you want to give uh, Greg some time to, to rest, which is even better for a kicker, you know, really heal up that groin. Cause if you re-injure that, that is a season end injury. When he, when he aggravated that, that groin, that dude was out for, what, 9 to 11 weeks? I don't know if he played the rest of the season. 
I mean, that's that. I mean, when you're a kicker, and that's your, that's one of the most important parts is to keep that growing healthy. You know, wide receivers, running backs, those guys use their legs an awful lot. And when a wide receiver or a running back aggravate their groin, dear God help them. Because even if they take the time to come back, and let's say they have two months to come back, even after that, I'm terrified. Because you're just you're just putting more pressure and putting more aggravation on that groin even more now. And it hasn't been used to it in two months. So whether or not stronger, whether it's weaker, you don't know. And when you're a kicker, that that's all you do. You're you're bottom half of your of your body it makes or breaks your job it makes or breaks your career and without it you saw what happened with greg zerline in those two months of not being in action because he aggravated the groin so give him that year to to just stay like be 100 it's hard to say that a player's 100 in the nfl a little bit easier with the kicker because he's not on the field all the time Yet, one bad kick, one bad motion of that leg, bad news for Greg Zerline, and it's a waste of $7.5 million. So I say go with Kai for the first year, and then after that, go with Greg. That's that's my opinion on that. The second move that we're going to talk about, because we talked about a, two kickers for 17 minutes, is Alden Smith signing with the Dallas Cowboys. The man has been out of the league for close to four years. And the story of Alden Smith, if you don't know, has been a, a, a rocky one, to say the least, man. I mean, you talk about a guy that came out of Missouri and took the the NFL by storm at his position, became the fastest uh, defensive end and pass rusher to reach 25 and 30 sacks. In, uh, in 25, I think, what was the number? It was 25 sacks or no, I'm wrong. He beat the rookie record for most sacks in his rookie season with the 49ers. And he beat the record of Charles Haley of the fastest to get to 30 sacks in his career, which was phenomenal because I've read some articles that say like he didn't even get a lot of playing time in his rookie season because they were stacked. They were stacked already on the defensive line for the 49ers. So he didn't get much playing time at all. He didn't get many snaps. Yet, he broke the record for most rookie sacks for the 49ers. Like, wow, that's impressive. And then he beats Charles Haley's record, and that puts him on the map of like, yeah, he got um, he got drafted ahead of these guys, but the dude has a lot of upside, and it just comes natural to him. Now, after his rookie season, even, even before he broke the record from for fastest to get to 30 sacks, he was arrested for a DUI. And, you know, it's it's tough because they're, I mean, we've seen what happens with guys like John Jones um, and Alden Smith later on in his career. It's that, like, this is not a one-time offense. Um, it's, it's hard to just find a guy that gets arrested for a DWI, D, DUI and is immediately you know, a 180, and he never does it again. There are countless times to where guys do this on multiple occasions. And that's the case with Ellen Smith. You know, he, he came back from that rookie season after being arrested. He broke the record for 30 sacks. And 
then from there, you know, started getting more playing times, got the starting job, but got into more off the field issues, more trouble off the field. He he got arrested again for a DWI, uh, drug possession, um, arms possession, and it was it was too much, you know, like. What's weird about Alden Smith and his time with the 49ers is that his playing ability, what he did on the field, never changed. He was still the freak of nature. The man is 6'4". He has a wingspan of 7 feet, which is unlike a guy that is 6 foot. Freakishly agile, speedful, and does everything that you want in a pass rusher. He can get the sacks, but he can also get... Pass deflections, pass blocks, disruptions. You want the whole package. You don't just want a guy that gets sacks. You want the whole thing, and that's what Alden Smith was. And the whole the whole reason I'm going with this is whether or not the Cowboys made the right decision. Because you, you hear all these issues that he had, and you're like, well, he's been out of the league for four years. He's rusty. So, And then before he left the league, before he got suspended indefinitely, he kept getting suspended. He got suspended nine games after that second time being arrested. And when he was playing, when he got arrested, he kept getting into trouble. Why Why are Cowboys doing this? Well, this man, in those four seasons after being suspended by the NFL indefinitely, has gone sober. And, um, like... This happened on April Fool, so I thought this was a joke. I thought this was a just something that the Cowboys put together, a big name, but nothing that really made like was oblivious or obvious on, on free agency. But then I I saw that uh, um, Jay Glazer like tweeted out the video of of Alden Smith signing papers. I was like, well, that's I mean, you're going real deep into that joke, huh? It turns out it was uh, it was confirmed by Jay, confirmed by Ian Rappaport, and then all these Cowboys reports and accounts said it was true, and I was like, oh, man. And then you read into all the issues that he had. And you read into, though, that in those four seasons or in those four years that he's been gone from the NFL, he has cleaned himself up. And Jay Glazer made a huge point of that. You know, that was the first thing that came out of his mouth after he said the Cowboys have signed Alden Smith is that he has been four years sober now. He's cleaned up. He's still indefinitely suspended by the NFL. But the Cowboys are extremely confident that he will come back. And before we get into the football reasons why, let's just say how impressive that is and how how happy we are for Alden Smith to get healthy, to get sober. A guy that has dealt with drug problems and alcohol problems you never want to see a guy go through that especially a guy of his talent that has a lot of potential in this world and had everything given to him on a silver platter the man's god-given talent put him at one of the best pass rushers in the nfl at one point of his career at a very young age and it was his decisions and his lifestyle that ruined that that really affected his legacy in the nfl and you may look at this as negatively, as positively as possible, but glass half full, he did this at a very young age. 
He did this in his first few seasons in the NFL. So he had time to clean himself up and to come back in the league and get a second chance. And that's where we start with the Cowboys signing him is second chances are what Jerry Jones is all about. Jerry Jones loves giving people second chances. And I think this is where you're going to start to see a lot more of those moves, especially with Des Bryant. I think, I don't know if we'll have time to talk about it on this episode, but it's inevitable to me that the Cowboys will sign Des Bryant again and bring him back to the Dallas Cowboys for a second chance. Not to be wide receiver one, but to be a really solid addition to that wide receiver core. And I'm becoming a little more optimistic on Des Bryant being with the Dallas Cowboys. And I'll talk about a little bit more, but let's get back to Alden Smith, right? Alden Smith deserves a second chance. Now, he's had his issues with the DWIs, hidden runs, vandalism, drug possession, arms possession. It's, yeah, I mean, that's that's a hard thing to come back from, reputation-wise, but just per- personally. I mean, that man had to go through a lot in those four years you know, put himself in a rehab multiple times and get himself clean. And now he finally feels that he's ready. And with the support of analysts and former players, even better. You love to see it. So Jerry loves giving second chances. We've seen it with Rolando McClain, Randy Gregory, who might even still have a chance to come back with the Cowboys. I'm not as optimistic on that as some people. Greg Hardy, Another one. Now that was that was horrible. That's a whole nother thing. You know, you talk about marijuana. You talk about drugs. I'm not saying that you can compare them or that they're they're similar. But no man who puts his hands on a woman should be in the NFL. Should not have the reputation and have the ability to get a second chance. That is wrong. No matter what. So Greg Hardy is a part of the second chance club. But should have never given, given a second chance. His athletic ability, his playing ability, was never argued and, and never disputed. It was his character. And his time with the Cowboys proved that his character does not change. And he went on to be an MMA fighter. How about that? But... Alan Smith is one of those guys that deserves a second chance. And four years is questionable being out of the league because that's four years of the guy not playing football. He may, has, he may have trained, he may have prepared himself, but there's not anything like playing actual games, especially as a pass rusher. You need that experience. Now, why I think this is still a great move for the Cowboys is that we look back to those years where he still had the off-the-field issues, yet his on-the-field play never changed. He was still an elite pass rusher. And that's just naturally how good he is. So now that the mental part of his game is put together and it feels confident and not... Not ha- having those withdrawals or not having that issue of like going back to to the problems that he had with drugs and alcohol. 
It's now just focused on football and getting himself right. And that's a dangerous person, no matter who you are, no matter what industry you're in. If you've had the issues of alcoholism, drug problems, addictions, and you find yourself at the worst time of your life and you bounce back from that and you find yourself, you know, four years sober, clean, and never felt better in your life, that is, like, no one can stop you. Because the only person that can stop you is yourself. Now, you take that with the God-given talent that Smith has. Dear God, what the potential this could be and the project that this can be for Jim Tom Sula. You talk about a guy that can take care of Alden Smith. It's John or Jim Tom Sula. The man can can work with anybody. He's worked with some of the greatest to ever play and is widely respected around the league as to create great players into even better players at that position. You think about what depth they have now at the defensive line for the Cowboys right now. Don Terry Poe, Gerald McCoy, Demarcus Lawrence, Antoine Woods, I hope to re-sign him. And now, now, now Jim Tom Sula has Alden Smith, who used to be with him in San Francisco. So when you talk about the best times on the field that Alden Smith had, now he has the same coach. But now you have a different Alden Smith. You have a more mature Alden Smith. That's a very dangerous game to play, folks. That's very dangerous. And to get him on a good contract for the Cowboys, not a huge hit uh, on the salary cap, even though he is a big name at that position, it's just no one would give him the chance. And he's still suspended by the, the NFL indefinitely. Confidently, though, they, they probably will put him back in the league, especially with the changes as far as not suspending people due to marijuana. So now you have that, but the, whole, the the biggest reason why I think the Cowboys made a solid decision at signing Alden Smith is that this replaces the one thing they've needed ever since they got rid of David Irving. David Irving, you know I love him on this podcast, and he lives in the area. I would actually love for David Irving to be on this podcast because I want to talk about his career and what he's done after, but... Like, I, you could go back to the archives of, like, different episodes prior to YouTube, even on YouTube itself. And for the people that are, like, joining me for the very first time or, or barely going into the podcast, like, dude, I think that David Irving is one of the most important players to the Dallas Cowboys in recent memory. That man was phenomenal as an inside tackle. He was amazing in every aspect of the game. And I think he was more important to that defensive line than Demarcus Lawrence. If you know my TikTok, you know that's an unpopular opinion from the Cowboys. But I'm, I'm going to use this as a highlight video for a TikTok. But yes, the whole reason why I think this is a great move by the Dallas Cowboys at signing Alden Smith is that he is now their David Irving. He is now their freak of nature that have they, they've yet to replace since David Irving. Talk about a guy that has a huge wingspan. David Irving was 6'7", had a 7'4 wingspan. The man was faster than anybody else on the field, yet he was taller and bigger than every, everyone else. He took up so much room on that defensive line, and you had to double-team DeMarcus Lawrence. So then you have to worry about the guy right next to him on the inside, 
And by God, look at those games against the Green Bay Packers. And the Green Bay Packer game, that's where he really came out and had a, a spotlight game, a showcase. Because it showed every aspect of his game to where he's just a freak. There's no covering that. There's no plan to cover that. It's just, you got to pray that your your right guard is good enough. You got to pray that your right tackle is not going to worry about the stunt between him and Demarcus Lawrence. And now you got to go one-on-one. That man was one of the most impressive athletes that I've ever seen because his speed, his agility, his hands, everything just resembled a prototype. If you wanted to build an inside tackle, that's what David Irving was. And the issues of of him not getting along with Jason Garrett, with the, the, the organization, his love for marijuana, his love for making that legal, and the league not wanting to represent that or back that up. It's hard for a guy to, to not live up to the full potential of his career because of those issues. But hey, you just take it as it is. You roll with the punches. So ever since then, what has been the biggest issue for the Dallas Cowboys since they've lost David Irving? They've been horrible at stopping the run inside. They've been horrible in general at stopping the run. And they haven't had that presence inside to match what Demarcus Lawrence does on the outside. They they did the same thing last season on the opposite end with Robert Quinn. They had someone that on the outside, you can't cover with one person. But yet they had no one inside. Antoine Woods is good, but not great. Christian Covington, um, who did they lose? Malik Collins. You know, these guys got injured, banged up throughout the season. But they're not threats. They're not menaces inside like David Irving was. And I'm, and now that they have that depth with Don Terry Poe, with Ger- Gerald McCoy, they have Demarcus Lawrence, and it looks to see... Uh, or it looks to, to be the scheme is going to change for the Dallas Cowboys. Now they change to a 4-3. Now you have the ability to to switch out that defensive line as much as you can and more versatility for those linebackers. And Alden Smith plays the defensive end, linebacker position. You can put them on the outside. You can rush them from the inside. But what is Alden Smith? He is a freak of nature. He is the modern-day David Irving to the Dallas Cowboys. He's a reincarnation of that. Because he has God-given talent. He's a freak of nature. He is long. He's tall. He's fast. He is strong. He has all the potential in the world to be something in this league. It sucks that he had to go through all of these bad things in his career. But now he can be that replacement to David Irving that the Cowboys have desperately needed in these last two or three seasons. They need that presence to where an uh, offensive line can look at him and say, there's no way we can cover that man with one person. Well, guess what? We'll double team him. Well, now you got one-on-one with Gerald McCoy. Now you got one-on-one Don Terry Poe. Now you got one-on-one with Demarcus Lawrence. This is where Mike McCarthy and Jerry Jones came together and said, look, we know the risk that we're taking. It's a combination of Jerry Jones giving second chances and Mike McCarthy with Jim Tom Sula. Those three guys saying, look, we can work with this guy. We can make something out of him. I can... I can build this as a project but the project is more than halfway done this man has already proven that he can be an elite rusher it was just this it was just the the mental part of his game 
that wasn't all there. And now it's there. We just got to find out that physical, if that physical portion is still there. And there's no way in my eyes that he just loses all that talent and loses how to play football at that high level in just four years. He was dominating the league in sacks, doing everything he can as a pass rusher when he was addicted to drugs and alcohol and was making bad decisions in his life. Imagine what he can do with the right decisions, the good life, knowing that this is his last chance in the NFL, and if he screws it up, it's done. He will go down as one of the biggest what-ifs in recent memory in the NFL. But think about that. Think about what he can be with this team. What was, what were we thinking about right after the season ended for the Dallas Cowboys last season? Is that they don't have a running defense. They can't stop the run. How can they stop Derrick Henry? How can they stop, like, who's a, another big name, like, uh, running back? Oh, my God. I can't think of anything. Or how could we have stopped C.J. Anderson? How could we have stopped Top Gurley? And then now you got, you know, even more power runners around the league. You know, I, I think one of the biggest games that kind of determined that the Cowboys were struggling on running defense, and they figured it out toward the, the end part of the uh, or to the end part of that game, just because the, the Lions had to throw the ball after being down. But Bo Scarborough, like that man is huge. They know because they signed him. They drafted him. Bo Scarborough can be a, a really solid running back in the NFL because he's a power runner. He's just going to demolish guys. He's very Derrick Henry-esque because he came from Alabama. Both guys came from Alabama. How can the Cowboys stop that if they don't have presence, if they don't have bulkiness and, and, and girth on the inside? Now they have all of that, and they have options. They have depth, which is something that they haven't had in years. Now the conversation of well, what if Rolando McClain comes back, or not Rolando uh, McClain, uh, Randy Gregory. The man can be reinstated, and the Cowboys have first dibs on him because he's still under contract with the Cowboys. Imagine they have him too. I, I'm telling you, man, like this, this, this is one of those moves where you like, there's, there's a low risk. In my opinion, this is a low risk type of move, because no one else would have paid higher for him, and and paying him that much money, to my eyes, that's not a lot of money for his contract. You know, a couple years, cool. We'll see how it works out. And, and to see the progression he's made personally in his life, he's clean, he's sober, he's ready to play football again. Love of the game is back. I love that. And I, I love second chances. I'm a guy that's big on second chances. There are some instances where that's not the case, but this is a case where it, it is granted. So I love the move. Because it gives them the second chance and it's a great scheme fit for the Dallas Cowboys. But once again, for all my TikTok people out there, Alden Smith signing with the Cowboys is a great move because he now replaces what David Irving was a couple of years ago. A freaking nature guy that has a lot of upside. We don't know what the potential is, but he's clean, he's sober, he's mentally ready, and he's naturally gifted at that position. He, he doesn't make sense on a stat sheet. Uh, on on just a resume six foot four seven foot wingspan fast as all hell has the stats to prove it early on in the season the man can do great things in dallas 
and they did it on a really good contract. This is a really good move because he he's clean now. He's sober. He's a freak of nature, and he has Jim Tom Sula and Mike McCarthy to monitor him. Not monitor him, but mentor him. Those three things are what make Alvin Smith such a great move for the Dallas Cowboys. That's all I got to say. All right, we, we talked for 40 minutes. God damn it. Like, I wanted this to be short. 40 minutes. Well, I, I think those last, like, 15 minutes, I went in. I loved it. I've been wanting to say that for so many days now. I love the move for Alden Smith. I just love it. I love it. Most people are going to be really uh, skeptical about it because of, of his past. Second chances, man. The Cowboys, Jerry Jones, are known for second chances. It's just what those guys do, do with it. And uh, we'll, we'll save the Des Bryant talk for for another episode. We'll talk about that on Monday. We will. So thank you for listening, and thank you for watching the Bubble Up Sports Podcast. This has been episode 125, and we'll see you next time on another episode. Now who is he? It's the boy Bubba Lutz coming through. Hella clutch, flawless, can't be touched. It's a boy, Bubba Lutz. Yeah, I need that hot take. I need the truth and everything that is not fake. So tell me who's the goal, I'll tell you who's not great. And which team always make you go right way? The Bubble Lutz Sports Podcast. It's the greatest podcast in the universe. And I am the greatest on the